Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Well, welcome to another Conversations podcast, and I'm Jeff Stott, pastor at Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri, and again, I have with me Billy Johnson, and he's one of the elders in the church. He's also a public safety officer, been doing it for 16 years. Yeah, but 16 right? and a half, somewhere so, yeah, around you, there. You see yeah. the thing or two. Yeah. Um, all right, so before we dive into this, just a couple of uh, uh, other things. Um, all right, so this past Sunday, uh, you know, at, at Genesis, we've been going through... Um, the Gospel of Mark, and we've been going through it for a couple of years. And so uh, we're in Mark 14, but uh, last Sunday I started this little series on uh, what's called a Gethsemane moment. At least that's what I'm calling it. And so a Gethsemane moment is a time when you are tempted to avoid doing what God wants you to do because you know that doing it will cost you dearly and hurt you deeply. And that's what Jesus was having. He was having a Gethsemane moment, you know. Not my will, but your will be done. I take this cup of suffering from you. I don't want to do it. All that kind of stuff. But he comes out, you know, solidified in doing God's will, even though he didn't want to do it. So he's doing something he didn't want to do uh, because he knew it was going to cost him and hurt him, you know, through the whole process. So every one of us, if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to have our Gethsemane moments, you know, where God's going to want us to do something that we're not going to want to do. And, uh, and we know it's going to hurt. And we know it's going to be costly. People are going to misunderstand us. People are going to get mad and all that kind of stuff. So here's the deal. If that's where you are right now, then I want to encourage you to go to genesisbegins.com. That's the church's website. Go to the sermons, and it should be like the first one at the top of the list. And uh, and we just started that series. I think you'll find it very helpful when it's all said and done. But now if you're more of a reader and you want to read and look at some other scriptures, and, and in my notes, I, there's some stuff in my notes that I don't mention in the sermon because – I'm looking at the clock, <laughs> you know, I just can't <laughs> right. cover it all. <laughs> right. And so I just skip stuff. But anyway, but however, it's, it, but I put all of that, I put everything, uh, at truthappliedjs.com. And, um, if you go there, you'll see it. I think the title is Jesus, uh, your Gethsemane moment or something like that. Anyway. So if that interests you and that's something that, you know, you think you might want to follow up on, uh, give, uh, those two, uh, websites, a, a, a you know, a check, a check out, check on. Check it out. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Do both. Check on it and check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, you there know? you go. That's right. That's right. That's right. And um, uh, so another thing I want to mention is, and I, I haven't really talked about this. I don't even know if I've talked about this at all. Uh, but, and I'm going to, and I'm bringing it up because of what happened yesterday. And also I need personal motivation. <laughs> and so if I talk about it publicly, I find I get more personal motivation. Sure. You know, now all of a sudden it's like I'm, I'm putting myself out there to hold myself accountable. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, all right. A couple of years ago, started writing a book. Okay. And, um, uh, it's on how to manage anxiety, like practical anxiety, daily anxiety. I'm not talking high end stuff, which that, the stuff I talk about in the book will apply as well. Okay. And so, uh, started writing it, got about three, four chapters into it. Uh, then 
the wheels fell, fell off at the Stott household. Sure. Okay. <laughs> kind of, things kind of imploded, got a little things complicated. Things imploded, exploded, and all the above, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, I mean, if you're listening and you don't know, you know, my wife was diagnosed with leukemia, and she went through a bone marrow transplant, lived in St. Louis for four months, and then it, it failed. Then now she's in the middle of going through another transplant, and so – you know, it's just there's a lot of chaos around. You got here. a couple little youngsters and, running and, around and the I house. have in the middle of all this. I've got a right now. They're four and seven. You know, and uh, two girls that we adopted, and so and I'm 55 years old. If you've never seen me, so just kind of. I mean, oh, there you are. I think so, you just need to apply yourself. Jeff. I think you I know, just, you just need, need to. Know. You know, you've got all this extra time. Yeah, you just need to yeah. apply yourself. You know, I have so much free time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so anyway, so uh, yesterday. Okay, so we're recording this on a Monday, right? So mm-hmm. yesterday at church, uh, talking to this guy, and uh, somehow we got to talking about uh, anxiety. Oh, I know what it was. He asked how, you know, how did Thanksgiving go? Did What do we do? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, I had family over, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I said, you know, and we got to talking about how, you know, wonderful and stressful having family is. Sure. You know, and so, uh, and I don't remember what I said. I said something, and he just busted up laughing because it was one of these things that just sort of, I was being very transparent and honest with, you know, yeah. and I, don't, I don't even remember what I said. But he laughed, and that generated this conversation about dealing with anxiety because it's stress, and we got into what's called, you know, visual stress. Mm-hmm. You know, so that can be a lot of things, but we got into clutter, talking about if your house is cluttered, you know, and you get piles of this, piles of that here and there, un- unfinished stuff. Well, that stresses me out. I, I get anxiety because I see that clutter and it makes me, I hear the voice in my head is saying, that clutter saying, pick me up, put me away, pick me up, put me away, clean me up, clean me up, you know. And he's the same way. This guy's the same way. So yeah, got, my wife is the same way too. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so we got to talking about that. And then I got to, we got, then that moved into the uh, uh, audio stress where certain sounds bother, you know, when I say certain sounds, I mean certain normal daily sounds bother people. Right. And that's called, that's called misophonia and which everybody has it some degree. I have it for sure. And so, um, and, uh, for an example, like if I'm, if I'm in a restaurant mm-hmm. and I'm eating with people, that doesn't bother me at all. But if it's just you and me, and there's no other noise, and the predominant noise to me is you chewing. Yeah, I got to get up and leave, <laughs> or you got to stop chewing. <laughs> got to spit out whatever you're yeah, chewing, or on. just swallow your food whole. <laughs> yeah. okay. so, the sound of choking doesn't bother yeah, you, right? The sound of choking yeah. doesn't—that's actually entertaining. <laughs> so, anyway, so what I'm saying, okay, so we got into this stuff. This, this is what happens at just church. <laughs> When I'm walking around, I'm just saying hi to people. We're talking. So anyway, and uh, anyway, I said, I told this guy, I said, look, I said, man, I said, what we're talking about. I said, this is the daily stuff that people get stressed out over. Just they don't know what to do with it. And if you live with somebody that's like me or like him, well, what do you do? Sure, that's a great question. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and I told him, which I, I don't, I don't, except from like inner circle people, I don't talk about until now, this book I'm writing. Right. 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 So for the last two years, off and on, I've been working on it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on chapter 11 right now. All right. So it's be about, when it's all said and done, it's 12 chapters. And so, uh, and anyway, we got to talking about what, what's in it. And I said, well, it's, this is what the Bible says about stress and anxiety, uh, a biblical perspective, but very practical. And also I, I include 
uh, the most modern research that's helpful for the stuff I'm covering. Sure. Okay, because there, you know, anxiety is sometimes a chemical thing. Sometimes it's just a health issue. You know, meaning you just got to exercise more. You know, it's amazing. You know, y'all, all this stuff. So yeah, okay. So I do mention some of that, but I really focus in on some other stuff. But anyway, and so I said, I told him, I said, look, the book's really about how normal people struggle with daily anxiety and stress that just happens every day, every week, just on a routine basis. And, and I don't mean anxiety that shuts you down. Sure. Okay. Sure. You know, we're talking about the stuff that causes you to just, you're having to bite your lip because that clutter's still there and it's frustrating to you, you know, or that certain noise and you got to leave the room. You don't tell anybody, you just, you know, you leave the room or you tell them and you have an argument, argued about it because they think you're nuts. <laughs> sure. That's never happened in you my know, house. You know, why does that clutter bother you? It's not doing anything sure, to you. Sure. Yes, it is. It's talking to me. It's telling me <laughs> to pick it up. But anyway, so uh, uh, what, what I'm saying, what, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is that, <clears throat> um, number one, hold me accountable because now I've gone public with it. i got to yes. finish it. Yes. Okay. I'm tired of waiting on it. I know you are because okay. you've known about it for a while. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And so, uh, and, uh, and so when it does come out, and I'm going to bring it up from time to time. Sure. Just to, you know, keep me accountable. And so uh, when it comes out, uh, it, oh, by the way, I, 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 it has been very, when I'm working on it, mm-hmm. man, I, I feel so much better because I'm thinking about managing anxiety. You sure. know what I'm saying? Sure. And, uh, uh, and by the way, in the book, uh, you know, some people are just, they're, I think they're going to, some people may feel sorry for me when it's done. <laughs> Because I'm very transparent. Sure. Others are going to think, man, that dude's weird. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. As, my, as my wife says, man, it's tough being you. Because, <laughs> you know, she knows what's in it. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. anyway, all right. Um, anyway, so I'm excited about that. I'm getting close. Really, my goal now, I was hoping to have it done by the end of this year. That's not going to happen. But uh, my oh, you goal still now. Got a, you still got a month. Well, then I need to take the rest of the, month, uh, rest well, of the year uh, off. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, that's just how that's going to happen. Like yeah. I said, we were just talking a few minutes ago about yeah. all this free time you've yeah, got. that's right. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't, no I mean, come on, Jeff. Boy, well, I didn't get with it. I'm so lucky. I'm just hearing excuses yeah, that's here. What, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm hoping to have it done sometime next year. Holy by this, the way the, okay, so the way publishing works is you get it, you get it going. And then, like, say if I turn it, if, say if I get it done by February and I turn mm-hmm. it in, it, it'll probably be ready to roll by end of the end of next year. That's how it works. Good lord, that's a long time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's not like getting on Shutterfly, <laughs> right, throwing right. in a few photographs, and they have it to you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, I you mean, know, I just right. don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand. It, that it can be like yeah, that. It's, it's a little you different. Know? So, but anyway, I'm excited about it. So hopefully, just talking about it will keep it on you know on the forefront of of my life, and because. Uh, there are times where I'm thinking, ah, I'm just too tired. I'm just not going to do it. Are you going to share the name of it yet, or are you hold well, off okay, that's that? A, that? Okay, so here's the deal. Let's, let's talk about right, it. Okay, so when I say I'm working on Chapter 11, this is first draft. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. all right. So the first, when I'm done with Chapter 12, I'll have the first, what I call the first complete draft will be done. Mm-hmm. So now I have about four or five people who are going to read it for me, Yeah. the first draft. Sure. And then um, they're going to... Let me know what makes sense, what doesn't, what needs more attention, what's too long, what you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They're just going to help me improve it is what I'm saying. And so it's like, you know, my test group, if right. you will. Okay. So, um, but here's the issue. I've got about 10 titles for it, and I can't make up my mind. And so, uh-huh. so there's a worksheet for the proofer, what I call the proofers. Uh, there's a uh, uh, worksheet. 
I guess it wouldn't be proof would be editors. Yeah, my editors, like volunteer editors, read through it, editing, say, oh, yeah, I think you ought to do this, do that. So anyway, uh, and so one of the on, the, on the worksheet that they have to fill out for me, one is suggested title. So I'll list the ones that could be. Yeah. And, and I'll say, hey, which one, you know, check the one you think it ought to be, or, or do you have a better one? Sure. You know, sure. so. That's a great idea. Yeah, because uh, when, you know, because it, it, it has something to do with managing anxiety. Yeah. Um. And, uh, but also has, some, it's, it's about, it's, it's really about becoming, you know, um, aware, staying aware, you know, aware, yeah. calm and, 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 uh, present. And present. Yeah. yeah. I've so, heard you say that before. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what, what it's about. So somehow the title is either managing my anxiety, managing daily anxiety, uh, building peace, you know, but, so, but the subtitle has got to include. You know that whole aware, calm, and present. Yeah, because that you know that's that's the goal is you be aware of what you're feeling, what you're thinking, being aware of how it's affecting other people around you, being aware of what God's doing, what you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, being aware of the spiritual warfare, how God, you know, how the devil uses it. Uh, so you're aware of what's happening, you know, and then you're, but you're now it's about being calm. Sure, I see what's happening. You know, data that clutter's over there. How can I be calm with that clutter? Sure, you know, and. Um, uh, and then, so what does being present look like, even when your life is around you is chaotic? It's not as orderly as you want. Yeah. Okay. Because peace means everything's in order. That's what it means in the Bible. Okay. Everything's in order. Everything's that kind of thing. But however, uh, you can have you can have peace. And that, but that's that's why you know. So like when you're talking about peace, that's why you can have joy or peace in the midst of the storm. Mm-hmm. Because everything's in order on the inside. Not everything's order in order on the outside. Sure. So you can have that clutter, you can have that noise, you have that stuff. So how do you manage your anxiety and have that peace while everything seems chaotic on the outside and you're just wanting to OCD it? You know what I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. saying? <laughs> so so uh, people with ADHD, OCD, and all that other kind of stuff, they're going, "Yeah, brother, man, get that book out because I, I need." I tell you it. what, I'm uh, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to. To having a copy of it, that's yeah, for sure. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I'll keep it in my yeah. chair beside yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and put your drink on top of it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. And use it as a doorstop, you know. Well, you know, yeah. after I get done with Slide it. Slide it underneath the birdcage. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that, and I know you are too. Yeah, so. I am. And, uh, you know, I'm inching my way to the finish line on this thing. You know what I'm sure. saying? So, uh, well, everything's got to be in order with you. It's, it's got, got to be yeah, and, you done know, a certain way and that's right and i'm you know and i'm the kind of guy i like to research it gather it sure. and i want it to make sure it says what i want it to say mm-hmm. and that when people pick it up this is not just me rambling sure this is a very thought through intentional strategic approach to we're going to deal we're going to we're going to go to serious battle about this anxiety yeah in your life you know i love what I'm it yeah, yeah right so all right um all right so we are in a series on uh, spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, there are five stages to spiritual growth and the first stage is spiritually dead. That's what I call the seeker. Uh, they are not a follower of Jesus. They can range from being hostile to Christ and very interested in him. So, but they're lost. They need to be born again, all that stuff. Okay. So, and we looked at that last time and also the previous one, uh, I guess episode one on the spiritual growth, we did a bird's eye view. Sure. Plains eye view. I don't know. We just did a, a, an overview of all five. And so last time we spent uh, the majority of the time on stage one. And today we're going to look at stage two, which is the spiritual infant. 
And that's what we call the believer. And we'll get into detail of that. And stage three is a spiritual child. We call that person the learner. And then stage four is a spiritual young adult. We call that person a server. And stage five is a spiritual parent. And that is a leader. Now, um, why do you need to know all this? And again, this is all review. We talked all about all this in episode one. But, you know, it helps us start where they are. You know, cause sometimes we just get frustrated. Yeah, that's that's huge. But if you know, if you you realize you're talking to a spiritual infant versus a spiritual young adult, and this has nothing to do with age, right? This is where they are spiritually, their mature spiritual mature level, and um, it has nothing to do with their age or how many years they've been going to church. That's right, and all of those no, things. Not I mean, at that's all. yeah. So it, you know, yeah, you're still able to identify them by what they say and how they live and yes. other things that, and what they believe. So it also helps us to understand why they think the way they do. Okay, so, you know, they're not going to think like you. If you're, say, if you're a spiritual mature person, then, you know, this is why your spouse says this because that identifies their stage. It helps them understand why they think the way they think. Uh, it helps us identify what their needs are. Okay, so this is a spiritual infant. Here's what I need to do for them. Yeah. You know, whether they realize or not, here's how I can help them, you know, move along on this thing. Uh, and if you're married, it'll definitely help you understand your spouse spiritually, especially if you're at two different spots spiritually, sure, you know, sure. you know, one of y'all has, you know, one of you started growing and the other one hasn't. Right. Okay. Now what? Yeah. You know, yeah, that can get complicated. Yeah, it can. Um, if you're a parent, well, this will help you, you know, help your children spiritually, help them grow, understand why they say what they do, what they're feeling, why they feel that way. And, um, you know, and help you not be as frustrated because you sure. understand them. Because here's the deal. I think most people get frustrated and angry at others when they, especially when Christian, when Christians get frustrated and angry at others, it usually has something to do with how they're treating the Bible or God or Jesus or some moral or some value or some belief. And, and Christians get all mad and all up and roar, roar about it. It's like, well, you know, they're acting like a spiritual child. I mean, that's just where they're at. Well, and, and that's the thing. You know, we shoot ourselves in the foot quite often because we get angry because we're looking at something from our perspective yeah. and we may, you know, this, well, really th this is about empathy. Right. It's about putting yourselves in their shoes and trying to understand what it is they're seeing or why mm -hmm. they're thinking what they're thinking. The more often that we do that, the less conflict. Well, yeah, I would say the less conflict it seems like we have, not that we won't have disagreements with things, but it's, how that conflict affects us personally, you know, is really going to change, you know, absolutely. when we see where they're coming from. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. And so if you, and if you have a job, this will help you deal with people at work. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but we talked about all that in detail in episode one, we looked at spirituals. Uh, we looked at stage one in episode two. I know that's confusing. <laughs> in episode one, we looked at overview. Sure. St episode two, we looked at stage one. And so now in episode three, we're looking at stage two. Okay. All right. Just so, think of it like algebra. You know, it's, 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 there's letters and numbers all through this thing. And who knows what those real yeah, Exactly. They don't okay. really mean much. You <laughs> no, know, they don't mean nothing. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so after a spiritually dead person, that's that stage one person, after a spiritually dead person receives Christ and is born again, he or she immediately enters into stage two. Mm -hmm. Even if there's no visible change, they're born again, they're in stage two. And this is called spiritual infancy. All right, so where does this little title, spiritual infancy, come from? You know. All right, so well, there's two main passages of Scripture. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says this. Dear brothers and sisters. Okay, stop there. 
<laughs> now, this isn't Sunday, Jeff. No, it's not. Yeah, this is conversation. This is conversation. <laughs> but I do want to point out to the listeners. Yes, sir. When he says, dear brothers and sisters, who is he? He's not talking to brothers and sisters of mankind. Right. He's talking to the church. He's mm-hmm. talking to believers. So he's identified them as believers. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. That's his. That's Paul's way of saying, I think you're Christians. I think you're believers. Okay. And understanding his frame of mind mm-hmm. when he's addressing these folks are important. That's right. These are Christians. Yeah. All right. So then he says this, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Now that's it. He's saying that is interesting. Now that's his way of saying, I, I really couldn't talk to you like you were saved. Right. Okay. I just called you brothers and sisters. I think you are, but I couldn't talk to you like that. Mm-hmm. And then he gives a reason why I had to talk as though you belong to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Okay, now, now we're getting into, we're talking about stage two here. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. He's very sensitive to where they are. Yeah. And he's adjusting what he can talk about with them based on where they are spiritually, okay? And you still aren't ready. You haven't grown. Sure. (laughs) Okay. For you are still controlled, look at this, you're still controlled by your... Sinful nature. That's what mm-hmm. he says. Okay. Now, this is interesting. So now, all right, when we look at this, what we have here is, I mean, we got a lot going on through the filter of the spiritual growth stuff, especially with the spiritual infant. So <clears throat> we're going to get into this in a moment in more detail, but here's the thing. When we talk about spiritual infant, or as some people will say, well, they're, they are a new believer. Sure. Okay. Now, what they... What they mean by new believer, when you hear that phrase, they usually mean, well, he just got saved. Right. Okay. Well, if Paul were to use the phrase new believer, what what he would mean is, oh, yeah, they're saved, but they still live like they used to. They are very. There's very little change. Yeah. If any, that's recognizable. Okay. You know, and um, because he says, you know, I had to talk as though you belong to this world. They think like the world. They talk like the world. Their values are still based like the world. I mean, whatever that, whatever the world is at that time or now, sure, whatever the world values are, that, that they're going to reflect all that because that's how they are. They're, but, but yet they're Christians. Well, and not only that, but you are as close to being spiritually dead— <laughs> As any believer right. can be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let's think about it in those terms. Right. If there was a line, you are millimeters away from the spiritual deadline. Yeah. You're brand new. Yeah, brand new. You're brand new. new in this thing. So look, just because you know you're you're now saved mm-hmm. doesn't mean that all of that previous skin and junk and right. all that stuff that you had before, that doesn't just miraculous miraculously mm-hmm. go away. Yeah. Immediately. You still smell worldly? Yes. Sound worldly? Yes. Act worldly? Yes. Your language reflects it? Yep. What you value reflects it? I mean, you're, you're born again. You got the new nature, okay? But you're still struggling with that old nature. Right. Okay. So in, in one of the, I think a good biblical illustration of this is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. Okay, so he had been dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now, I love the King James version of this. I don't... Love the King James. I'm saying I love the King James version of this. 
the King James says that he'd been dead for four days and he stinketh. 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 When you throw a TH on the end of a word, it really emphasizes. Because what you have is you got stink, stank, and then you got stinketh. Yes. So you're down the road on the stink. You end up in stanketh, yeah. and then you're no, just, you're, a, yeah, that's way behind. That's like yeah. everybody's back, covering their nose, backing off yeah. when you come out. Right. All right, stanketh. So, all right. So anyway, he Jesus is outside the tomb of Lazarus. He's been dead four days, and everybody's crying and boohooing, you know what I'm saying? And and so, and he says, Lazarus, come forth, you know, and, and here come. Like, first of all, he has him roll away the stone, right? Mm-hmm. And you can imagine when they rolled away the stone, the, the odor coming out of that thing was a mess. And so then uh, he says, Lazarus, come on out. So he comes out. Now he's wrapped up, mummified somehow. I mean, like with the all that sure. stuff, how they, the typical way they bury people in the cloth and the cloth and probably had some spices on to try to cover up the smell and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and there's some debate on how did he hop out? Did he was, would he wrap each leg where he walked out? Some even think he floated out. Yeah. Either way he came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't um, care how he got out. He got out. The real miracle is that Jesus just raised a dead man back to life. Yes. So he's standing there outside the tomb. Lazarus is. And, and he's stinking. And he's stinking. So, and everybody's standing around there just amazed. Wow, I can't believe what's going on. This is, oh, this is incredible. Can you imagine being there? I don't even know what I would say. It's like, what, I, what just I happened? I would just be in awe. Yeah, what just happened? Am I really seeing what is, is what's happening really happening before my eyes? Right. You know, so, and then Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus turns to his disciples that were standing by him. He tells them, go and take, and, he, and I'm quoting, Go and remove the grave clothes. Now, here's the deal. He just came alive. Mm-hmm. He's wrapped in these grave clothes, this little snake. See, to me, that is a picture of when a person gets born again. They just yes. came out of the tomb. They still stink. They still got all that grave clothes on them. And the and he told the, he didn't tell Lazarus to unwrap himself. Right. Yes. He told the disciples. Yes. You go take the grave clothes off. And so now we're talking about discipleship. Right. Okay. Right. So we, we, here's my thought. I don't think we should expect spiritual infants to really grow unless we get involved. No doubt. Okay. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because they don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to, all they know how to do is poop and stink up the room. That's really all they know. That is it. And make a bunch of noise. Yeah. And make noise. Me, me, me noise. Me, me, me. And you don't even know what to, they don't even know what they're asking. You know, in the, like, like a real baby. Right. They're just going to make noise, poop, and cry, and you don't even know what's wrong. You kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. They try to learn their language, if you will. So, mm-hmm. What's he trying to say? What, what's this? Because it's interesting. When I'm talking to like uh, people who are like new believers, mm-hmm. and I ask them, hey, well, tell me your story. How did you, how did you get saved? All that kind of stuff. It is, it's, it's amazing at how they struggle to tell it. Sure. Because they don't know this is a new world. This is... It's like, I, well, that's that's like asking a baby that was just born, hey, how'd you get here? Yeah, tell me how, well, I tell have me no about your idea. journey. What was, the, what, yeah, what was the womb like? Yeah, it was like, I was just here. I don't know. I, you know, wah, 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 wah. Exactly. You know, like, okay, what exactly. Does it mean by that? You know? It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, and now I am. That's right. That's, that's about as yeah. concise <laughs> as I can be with it. That's right. So Paul is addressing the spiritual infants. Sure. They're very, obviously, they're very world. That's who we're talking about. So here's the deal. If you have like teenagers in your home and they're a Christian, but they live like the world. And you're saying, how can you be a Christian? Right. And you do that or you say that, well, ask Paul, because that's who he's talking to. Right. And then, and then, 
and then stop yourself from saying, how yeah. can you be a Christian and be ugly and, and make mistakes and stuff? Because, yeah, right. uh, you know, we all do that. Yeah, first of <laughs> yeah. all, go in, go in the bathroom, look, look in, the, in mirror, the mirror or the bedroom, wherever you got a mirror. <laughs> sure. And just say, how can you call yourself a Christian? <laughs> yeah. And you, okay. Start there. Yeah, start yeah, there. Absolutely. So, uh, so this is what we're going to be talking about today and, and, and how to identify them and what to listen for and how to minister to them and all that. Now, there's one other verse that I do want to address that deals with this baby infant stage thing, sort of. Uh, so Peter is now writing, and he's writing to some believers, and he, and he tells them this. He says, this is in First uh, Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. He says this, or actually it begins in verse 1. He says, uh, so get rid of all evil behavior. Now, he's talking to believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's telling believers to get rid of evil, evil behavior. Evil behavior. Right. Be done with, and he kind of gives some examples. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. That's interesting. Whew. That is. Uh, very, it's very, pra- he, he, didn't, he doesn't go, he doesn't talk about, he's not talking about murder. Right, adultery, unkind speech. He throws, he's talking about deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all, and, and all unkind speech. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Like newborn babies." Now he's he's going back to now. Peter's talking about he's using a baby as an object lesson, right? Sure. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Now, here's the thing. I think one of the applications from that for our conversation is that he says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. Now, in the real world, a baby is going to crave pure spiritual milk. But I think a spiritual infant, a spiritual baby, I, I'm not sure if they're craving it yet. Okay. Because they're still... Thinking and talking like the world. They still have too much of a craving for the world. Well, yeah, they don't even, as a brand new believer, I don't know that you even know what pure spiritual milk yeah. tastes like. No, I, I'm not sure. You know, they'll say, yeah. man, man, they got to say they tasted the goodness of God when they said, well, okay, yeah, that's true. Sure, but I agree with all of that. they don't understand all that stuff. No. They don't, they really don't even, if you start throwing words, well, you've been regenerated and filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, and now you've been adopted and redeemed, and you're, you know, sanctified, and yeah, they're going to go, huh? Chances are they've been saved and they looking around going, okay, now what? Yeah, because most folks where, say, where did I, all the lightning, where, where's where, all that? Yeah, where's all the smoke and yeah. lights and all, where's the show? Where's yes. the, all the bright light? No, well, no, that's not how, you know, when, <laughs> right. to be honest with you, when a baby is born, mm-hmm. ain't a whole lot of, it's not showtime. No. There's just a no, few not people at who all. are there and it's just kind of happens. Cleaning up mess. And, yeah. It's, when you come out born, you got... I'm not trying to be gross, but you, you I mean, just messy. Yeah, gross. You, yeah, gross. Somebody's yes. got to clean you up before you. Oh, they got to take the grave clothes off. That's exactly oh, what I was well, getting well, ready to say. Right okay. I tell you what. Yeah, right on. We're on the same page okay. here. Go ahead and preach. All right. So, <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about some general characteristics of this stage of this spiritual infant stage. Okay. So, one of the characteristics is uh, they're ignorant. Now, I don't mean that. In a, I don't mean that in a mean way. Been there. They just don't know. Yeah. I've been there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there are times where I'm studying the Word, and I'm going, how come I didn't know this already? I mean, like, oh, how come I didn't see this before? Well, that's part of growing. Sure. You know? And But however, whatever it is you know, you how do you know if you don't know something? Whatever it is that when you realize you don't know something, mm-hmm. 
And you had, man, just multiply that by a hundred times, go way back when, especially if you weren't raised in a Christian family. Right. And you don't know the Bible, you know, the Bible stories and all that kind of stuff. And somebody's telling you, you know, some Bible story and they think you ought to know it. And you're going, I don't know it. Well, the truth is, is okay. So think about it in these terms. If, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like my spiritual growth, man, God has, has been incredible and helped me grow and grow and grow. And man, I I'm feeling strong in, in, in my faith and, and all of those things. Right. But if you took a Bible that was printed in French mm. and set it in front of me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any idea what it said. Right. And it's not because I didn't, wouldn't want to know what it said. It's because I, man, I don't have the capacity to understand mm-hmm. a different language. Well, take, take a brand new spiritual infant and start telling them Bible stories or telling them about God, telling them about what it's, you know, what spiritual growth is like and all, you know, it's, it's not that they don't want to know those things. They just don't have the capacity just yet. You haven't learned their letters, if you will. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so look, I re- I remember just different times in my life going, okay, I feel this great draw towards God. Right. But I have no idea what that means. I have no idea how to move forward. I have no idea if I'm just making this up. I, you know, there was just, just all these different things. You know, I did, I knew something was different, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I had no idea. I didn't know what direction to go in or, or who to talk to about it or, or any of that stuff. And then when I did talk to people, it was just very strange to me. Yeah. You know, I just didn't have the capacity to fully understand, you know, because I was, I was brand new in it, right. you know? So it's like, when we talk about this ignorance, it's not that they're willfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not their language. Yeah. You know, it's not something they're aware of when you, when you get a new job and you're expected to do a skill that, that you don't know, you know, right. it's not, you're ignorant to it. Not willfully. You just mm-hmm. haven't learned yet. Well, you know, uh, I've used this before and I'll use it again. You know, it's like learning how to drive. Yes. I mean, it was so awkward. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, years ago, uh, okay. I learned how to drive on an automatic. Yeah. Pretty easy. I mean, if you don't know how to drive, I mean, you, you can, it's a lot easier to learn how to drive on an automatic than it is a standard. Correct. Okay. Automatic is the one where you don't have to, <laughs> where you don't have to shift. You don't have to shift. Yeah. The, a standard it, it's is not, a, yeah. A standard right. or manual. Right. Or manual. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So my mom, the, here's how I learned how to drive. We're driving down the highway, going to see my grandma. Okay. I lived in Elorado, Arkansas, about 15 miles away. It's a town called Smackover. Smackover? That's right. Smack over. That's incredible, I by know. the way. Yeah. Smack over smack, Arkansas. Smack over Arkansas. I'm going to smack you over, man. <laughs> right, you so, yeah. Your life was so cool. I know. You had cool towns. Yeah, if you like, if you like a, a hillbilly life with a bunch <laughs> yeah. of hillbilly names, you know, because I have an Aunt Tata. Okay, yes. that's what we called her. Yeah. Buzzy. You know, that, y'all, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. All right. Yeah, uh, sorry. I'm derailing And then my, I had, okay, my name's Jeff. I have a cousin named Joy, another one named John, another one named James. Mm. Mm. We're all about the same age. The old yeah. J crew. Right. Yeah. One of them, one of them died in an accident, but we, when we were younger, we were all, it's like my, my grandmother, uh, nanny, which also we called Blanche. Blanche and nanny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, she, and she lived in Let's a mobile. Let's just do this yeah, for an hour. Yeah, she lived in a mobile home in uh, Smackover, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. So. That sounds like every. Yeah, whatever you're picturing, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, smack over we were Arkansas. on our way to smack over Arkansas. Okay. My mom and I were. I guess I was 15 because I didn't have my driver's license yet. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So she and I didn't even know this was coming. She literally just pulls over on the, on the highway. And, and I said, what you doing? She said, you, you said you're going to drive the rest of the way. I went, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. She said, oh, yeah. So I, I, you I, sure? I got in the in this a big old Impala car back mm. then. They were huge. Weighed 6,000 pounds. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, so anyway, um, I got in it, and uh, that's how – that was my first experience driving. She just put me on the highway and said, let's go. And, sure. And I thought, okay. <laughs> Can we drive with the hazards on? <laughs> Obviously, you made it. You know? <laughs> We know how the story ended up. I don't know if the other people in the road made it. But <laughs> right, I, yeah, okay. right. All right. So, all right. So, um, but uh, now, uh, all right. So I'm already driving, right? But I didn't know how to drive a standard. This is this is where the story's really going. Okay. <laughs> okay. I almost derailed. I think. What I am was I just enjoying about? the ride. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I started dating this girl named Nancy. Okay. okay? And she, uh, uh, her dad had a truck. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she wanted to – I don't know if it was me or if it was her because she could drive the truck. And so if we had to use the truck for something, we would use her dad's truck. I mean, it's like an old truck, you know. Sure. And so uh, – and but it had, uh, you know, um, it had it had the stick shift in the column. Three on the tree. Three on the tree. Yes, my okay. man. All right. I, I was wondering. Yeah, that's right. Those are odd. Yeah, yeah. I've driven one, yeah, but they right. are odd. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a little different. Just different. Yeah, they're not – it's not in the floor. Everything right. else is now on the floor. Yeah. So, um, so I – so we, we go to the high school parking lot, like on a Saturday. Nobody's there. And um, in the truck, and she says, all right, so we're going to uh, – I'm going to teach you how to, drive this, how to drive this truck. I said, all right. And now, Nancy and I, we dated for four years. I mean, she was like my best friend in high school. Yeah, like yeah. Stuff, so. And so, she, uh, we get, I get in the truck. I'm talking, I just about all but ripped the gears out of that truck. <laughs> Grind it till you find it. <laughs> and I mean, jerking. Stop, I mean, it was the most ugliest, horrible, and it was embarrassing. Okay, because she was smooth at it, you know. Sure, she, she was been around her whole life, you know. But I love the visual here. Yeah, that's right. That, that, yeah, right. So I see where you're going yeah. with this. So, and and, and my, my thought is this: mm-hmm. we have to remember these spiritual infants. You know, they're trying to figure out life as a Christian, and they're they're gonna grind and strip the gears, and they're going. It's gonna be jerky. Yes, and this and everybody going and everybody riding with them, uh, uh, they're going to feel their pain. Yes, they're going to create some havoc. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, this is why I think it's very important to be patient with these spiritual infants. Sure, because you know now here's the deal. Let's fast forward a little bit further. She taught me how to drive that stick shift, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, which I drove, ended up driving that truck quite a bit because uh, her dad had a farm, so I had some land out there and that four wheelers and all that kind of stuff. And so we'd haul that stuff out there, and I'd be sure. driving the truck. So anyway. Um, <clears throat> So the first automobile I got, it ended up being a four-cylinder Nissan truck, hmm. King Cab. King it's a little cab. tiny old thing, yeah. But it, it but it had a a, a, a shift in the floor. Oh, okay. Okay. But see, okay. already the clutch and all that other sure. stuff 
already had it down. I just had to move my hand from the column yep. to the, you know, so I'll go figure this thing out. Yeah. And so, uh, and that's what I drove through the rest of high school and uh, just about all of college. Sure. And so. And what started out being messy and embarrassing and all those things ended up being what felt Normal and natural. Normal and natural. But I had to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You had to get there. And if no one would have been patient enough to help you with that, you know, who knows where you'd be. Yeah. And the thing is, is that spiritual infants, they are going to, they're going to say things that are offensive. Yeah. They're going to use bad language. Yeah. Use God's name in vain. Whatever's offensive to you. Okay. And they're going to have, they're going to have, they're going to live, they're going to make some choices with their lifestyle that is going to be based off ignorance. They don't know what God's word says about it. Right. Their value system has not caught up with their new nature. Their thinking has not caught up with their new nature. Their new nature is still working itself out. The Holy Spirit is still working on them. And that's why he says, you know, I have to talk to you like the world. So here's the deal, which tells me when you are talking to a spiritual infant and you're wanting to help them grow, you don't start with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. (laughs) Right. Start where they're at. Start... You talk to them, well, what what's what would make sense to them, mm-hmm. where they're at, with whatever it is that they're struggling with, you know, whether it's finances, marriage, lifestyle, whatever, some sin issue or something. Let's start with what they understand, talk their language. I mean, I don't mean badly. We just talk sure. to what makes sense to them. And then let's move them forward and let, let's, let's bring the Bible into it. You know yes, what I'm you know. Let's, here's I've watched you said. do that so yeah. many times yeah. and, with and, me and everyone else I right. see. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and and, and I'm, I'm gonna give you just a little trick. This is this is just so simple. It's pitiful. When I'm talking to a spiritual infant and I know it, okay, they, they, they say they're a believer. I don't try. I don't try to tell them what they need to know. I all I do is, okay. Why do you believe that? Sure. Oh, that's interesting. That's okay. That's interesting perspective. How did you come to that? Yes. You know, why do you believe that's a sin? Why is that not a sin? Why is that, you know, whatever you're talking about. Instead of telling me what I need to know, you're first trying to figure out why why I think what I think. Yeah, why do you think that way? Because I I can't address anything about that unless I understand, okay, why do they believe this? Yes. You know what I'm saying? That is being empathetic and humble Mm -hmm. in that spot. Let me see where they're at and why. Okay, so think about it in these terms. So here lately, you know, I've been going to the gym and all that stuff. People can't really tell, but I've been been working hard, right? So the guy I went to the gym with, I work with him, and he was actually a bodybuilder. Is that that guy I saw you with the other day? He looked like, I mean, he was like. He was a young guy. He was yes. A young guy. Yes. I mean, he was like been in the gym a while. I, yeah. I don't remember mustache because I was distracted by the size of his bicep. Yes. And he's he is he's a large fella, right? Yeah. So so I want to go to the gym now. When he goes to the gym, obviously he could throw a whole lot of weight around, right? First time I ever went with him, I'm picking up like 20 pounds, you know, and that's all I want. So what did he do? He worked out with 20 pounds. Oh, that's interesting. He didn't go and get the 80s. Right. And about do dumbbells, right? Dumbbells, yeah. He didn't go get that. Right. Uh, when I would do some chest ex- exercises on mm-hmm. the, the cables, he yeah. wasn't racking up the weight and showing right. me what he could do. He was doing what I could do. Right. He met me where I was at to encourage and help me and teach me and all of those things. You know, and, and, and although the environment is different, the principle is exactly the same. You know, if, if you're truly into... If you're truly interested in helping someone, 
we've got to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, like you said earlier, that we use offensive language and all those things. Right. But we have to expect that stuff. And, and we've just got to understand where they're at and what they're capable mm-hmm. of doing. And then let's work in that area. Right. And then as they're capable of doing more, we'll do more. That's right. You know, so it's, it's just about being humble. So are we interested in helping? Are we interested in showing everybody where we're at? Well, it, I think, you know, I think sometimes it, we're interested in showing where, where we're, how smart we are. Exactly. Or sometimes I think we're just interested in showing how I, th- I think some Christians and they don't know they're doing this. Mm-hmm. I think their pride gets in there and I just want to, they tell them, just give them information about the way they ought to be living mm-hmm. out of pride. Sure. I, I agree. You know, I'm not, and I'm, look, I, I'm you need done to be it. like me. Yes. I, yeah. I have found myself, and I'm not proud of that. Right. You know, as I've, as I've been growing, you know, spiritually, I found myself doing that yeah. and really my motivations weren't right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm, I'm far along, uh, far enough along now that I can look back and go, okay, here were yeah. my motivations. Obviously, right. I had some growth to do right. in that area. But it, it's like, what is our real purpose here? Are we making disciples? Are we leading people to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or do we just want to kind of show out and show people? Well, look, if you're humble enough, I'll tell you, you can really make an impact in people's lives. So I, I always talk about this, and I won't ramble on about it. But, you know, um, my growth Obviously, God has done some amazing things in my life, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you, he's used you a lot mm-hmm. in my life. And, and I feel like you know that, like mm-hmm. that you should be happy about that, right? I and, am, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm always amazed at that God uses me to, well, <laughs> but it's like, sure, a, sure. I know who I am. But know, I remember so many times you meeting me where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Lord knows if anybody could spout off scripture and, and, and sound smart and mm-hmm. educated and all that stuff, man, you've got all of those, you got all those letters behind your name. You've got all this experience and all that stuff. You could have done all that, but you didn't do that. You met me where I was at. We, we joked about things that were funny. You, you would, you would work uh, scripture in, you know, you would, you would challenge me or at least try to pick apart why I thought about what I thought about. And that's important. You know, I never felt like you were trying to, show out and show me like just how dominant you were in the spiritual realm. I always right. felt like, okay, this guy really is interested in us just walking together. Mm-hmm. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I will say this. You made it easy because see, you're an inquisitive person by nature. Sure. So you would ask, well, hey, what do you, th- you know, <laughs> sure. What, what do you think about this or that? Yeah. You know, and, and then I would just answer it. So sure. I really didn't have to go fishing for any stuff. I mean, it was just like, I just had to wait for you to show up, and start talking. So <laughs> we just get going. I could tell yeah. you this, and I think this is probably true. You know, you, you mentioned earlier when the truck in that parking lot was jerking and jumping, and you yeah. probably killed it a couple of times. You, you said it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So I assure you, for me personally, and I imagine a lot of new believers out there, it is embarrassing that, well, because there's also this conviction on your heart, you know? So it's it's like, man, because then you have to come to terms with the way you're living, and, and that's in contradiction a lot of times to what the Bible says, and this and that can mm-hmm. be embarrassing. And if I, if I feel like someone is just trying to lord over or present their ego and and I'm already embarrassed. The quickest way to push me away from my spiritual path is to embarrass me or try to try to show out. And that's it's like just true. meet me where I'm at. And I think that's true for I I agree. 
Yeah, so think, many new believers out there probably feel that embarrassment or that conviction, or they maybe mm-hmm. they can't even put a word on it. Well, here's I got a theory. Yeah, I love it. And I Let's hear you, it. You know how you know how I, I love your theories. I, I have a lot of them. Um, I have a theory about church attendance mm-hmm. and spiritual infants. Okay. I think, uh, and, and also for the next stage, the spiritual child. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is true for both of them. Uh. I think <clears throat> it's hard to get them to go to church or a Bible study because they're afraid of being embarrassed. Yes. And if they're embarrassed once, mm-hmm. boy, they're not going to come back. Well, I've got a whole world out here that can make me feel small. Yeah. Why do I willfully walk into an environment right. so I can feel small That's again? Right. Yeah. The whole world is constantly beating believers right. down yeah. for what for a myriad of reasons. <clears throat> yeah. Why in the world would I go into an environment so I can feel that again where right. I'm supposed to be safe? Right. Yeah. So, um, I, okay, so here's the thing. I have never had to ask. Okay, so I, this four-year-old, seven-year-old I mentioned earlier that, that you mentioned that I had that, which yeah. I confirmed. That I, <laughs> so, uh, I didn't so, make that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, I'm not saying this is what every parent ought to do. Sure. Okay, I'm not a perfect parent by any means. But um, but one of the things that I that works for me, okay, mm-hmm. okay, in the four-year-old, seven, I have never asked them to pray. Right. Okay, I never said, hey, you want to pray? Unless they've already prayed before and they're comfortable with it, okay? Sure. So I, on the first time around. So here's the deal. So like, okay, so it, I've mentioned this before where at night one of the routines is they go to bed, get them all in bed, all right? So then I go to each the room. I go to the four-year-old room and, I, you know, say, hey, I want to pray for you. And so we'll sit and we'll talk a little bit, you know. And, of course, she's just as goofy as I'll get out, you know, and she's not taking it serious. <laughs> you say you the know. four-year-old? Yeah, the four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Emma. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, she's something. Yeah, she I is. I love it. Yeah. So, uh and um and I and I'll pray some quick little prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And but she was the first one uh, um, who one night uh, said, "I, I want to pray for you." Yeah, I said, "Oh, okay, all right." And so what she ended up doing, she just simply repeated back what I prayed for her, sorta. Sure. You know, sure. And at that time, she was wanting, you know, when I would pray, I think I mentioned this before, but I would pray, that, hey. You know, I, I would say, hey, you know, uh, you know, something like, hey, you know, Heavenly Father, I just pray that, you know, you just help Emma grow to be a, a godly girl, you know, make wise decisions. And she would correct me mm-hmm. in the middle of prayer, and she'd say, no, she said, I want to be a godly princess girl. <laughs> okay. And, and then emphasis on princess. Godly sure. princess. You know, <laughs> yes. We, we talked about this before. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, we've, we've moved on from that. So she doesn't say it <laughs> much anymore, but, but she, will, she wants to be a godly girl. So, um, but however, what I'm saying is that, so with her, um, I just prayed for, set the example, which mm-hmm. that's one of the things you do. Yep. What, what does a spiritual infant person need? Well, they need an example. Yeah. Okay. So yes. I'm, I'm not ha- asking her to do something she's not comfortable with yet. You know, when she's ready, she's going to say, hey, can I pray or whatever? And she will. She prayed her prayer and I did, and I did not correct one thing about her prayer. Right. Okay. Because uh, the first time she prayed for me, she prayed. Uh, she said, "Dear God, I pray that Dad will be a godly princess girl." <laughs> sure. <laughs> I didn't correct that. Right. Because now, why here, would you? Now here's the deal. Because we live in such a hypersensitive gender identity issue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking. Uh, my first thought was, should I correct that? 
Right. But I'm thinking she has no idea. None. You know, she is just repeating back. You know, she doesn't know what she, a godly, a godly princess girl. What is that to a four year old? Sure. Sure. Okay. She's, you know, she's just learning how to talk the language. So yeah. anyway, so she's learning, you know, I, so anyway, I just let her pray. You yeah. Know? And I think, and I didn't want to embarrass her. I didn't want to correct her. Right. And, um, uh, case in point, I'm pastoring a church. Uh, well, I'll protect the town and the church. I was pastoring a church a few years ago and we had a greeter. Uh, and, uh, man, I'm all about making everybody feel welcome. I don't, yes. Traditional stuff. I mean, I just, I don't care anything about it. If, if it's a problem, we get rid of it, which mm-hmm. that's a problem for some people. Uh-huh. And that's created problems for me. And so anyway, <clears throat> we had this greeter at this church I was pastoring at a few years ago. And this person comes in first time they've ever been there. Okay. And they were wearing a t-shirt. Okay. It had Bud Light or something like that. It has some beer. I mean, I remember having a beer thing on it. That didn't bother me. What bothered me is what, what's about to happen. Yeah. They walk in, they have a baseball cap on. Mm-hmm. The greeter didn't say, hey, welcome to so-and-so church, man. Glad to have you here, you know. Um, you know, you know, where are you from? Was this your first time here? Blah, blah, blah. All, that, all the normal stuff you'd say, you know, yeah. trying to make you feel welcome. First thing out of their mouth was, uh, they come walking in, and uh, they walk past where you put your coats and hats and all that stuff. First thing out of the greeter's mouth, I happened to be standing there, and the person said, hey, you need to take your hat off before you go into sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I, my blood started boiling. I bet it did, as and, it should have. And yeah, okay. Now that, well, well, you know, you're not supposed to wear your hair. You know, your hat at church, all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm know? not saying there's anything wrong with taking right. your hat off to go to right. the sanctuary. Yeah, but what if they had no idea? Right, and they didn't. And, right. And, and are you ready for this? You know when they came back next? Never. Right. Right. That now I'm not saying well, I can say them. I'm saying that is it possible? That that corrective moment solidified in their mind, at least for a while. You know, I'm not wanted. Right. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't know the rules. Yep. I don't want to be embarrassed again. I mean, they might, they probably didn't think that deep about it. Sure. But emotionally, they had, they reacted to it. And I saw it. And uh, and I'm only in my 20s. I don't, I don't remember if I talked to that person or not. I feel like I may have because... But I mean, I know I would today. I, I was going to say, it, today you would absolutely. Yeah, I mean, go I, to today that I, would say, I would pull them off and meet and say, hey, don't ever say that again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you you'd know. go talk to that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say, hey, there's man, no doubt so in my mind. Hey, you know? Yeah. And I'd say, here's your hat back. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that. Yeah. Or I'd go find a hat. Yes. And I'd preach in it that day. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just how I would. Well, yeah. Now I keep reading, well, but aren't you being insensitive to the person who greeted on their spiritual stage? Yeah, I am. You know, but they're. Yeah, but who are we there for? That's right. So, uh, and here's the thing Paul, now we're not getting into this and we will later, but there is some places where when it talks about um, when Paul's talking to another group of believers later, uh, he talks that he says, by now, I should be feeding you uh, meat, but I'm still having to give you milk. Sure. Okay. Sure. There's expectations that he has placed on certain believers. Of course. By now, you should be further down the road. And I do think that there, uh, for believers who are uh, spiritual infants or spiritual children, and they've been in church for 10, 15 years, and they're right. still there, yep. I, I think you you got to... We need to have a real conversation about this. we got to have a real conversation yeah. you know, uh, about, okay, why are you still... Why do you still hold to this certain view sure. when 
that's not important. What what what's what's the hang up here? You know right. What I'm well, God's been working on you all this time. What are you refusing? Yeah. To let go of yeah. or, or yeah. whatever it is. Because one of the things that church going folks uh, struggle with is that they confuse God's word with tradition. Oh no doubt. They can't tell the difference sometimes. Yes. You know. Yes. And then they they enforce the tradition uh, as if it's God's word somehow. What, how did you say that to me? There's a difference between what the Bible says and Christian. There are times where there's a difference between what Christian society mm-hmm. or uh, I don't even remember. We were, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oftentimes, well, what the premise of it was is, is sometimes we come up with our own rules and regulations that aren't really biblical and all right. that stuff. So yeah, yeah, there, there's a, there can be a difference between the two for sure. Yeah. And I think we have to check ourselves every now and then on having well, yeah. other people, you know, and I think that's where a good, healthy uh, life group or discipleship group, some kind of Bible study where, you know, you have real conversations yes. uh, about what you believe, why you believe it. And, and I mean, I don't mean the big doctrine stuff, which is important. You need to do yeah. But I mean, why is it so significant to confront somebody on something that seems very trivial and traditional and rule-based yeah. when, when you might want to let that slide? Yes. You know, for now. For now. Okay. And that's the key. For yeah, now. Right. There, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with having expectations of believers and right. those sorts. But let's make sure they're reasonable and right. let's look at the stages of growth and have a good yeah. understanding of where someone is and be empathetic yeah. to the fact that, hey. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I imagine you have a different expectation for me mm-hmm. as a Christian mm-hmm. now right. than you did seven years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know, yeah. as an elder. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. If I mean, you were to do a, something stupid, I'd say, okay. We got uh, to have a talk about this. Man. Well, and, and that's the thing. There's, I don't want the listener <laughs> to get the impression that, hey, forever moving forward, we can never have an expectation right. for other Christians. No, yeah, yes, absolutely. we can. That's healthy. That's right. accountability. That's that's mm-hmm. helping us grow. But let's look at the stages of spiritual growth, see where somebody is, right. and then put ourselves in those positions and curb our expectations right. to fit the occasion, if you will. Yeah, because see, the thing is, the Bible says we are to correct one another, yes. admonish one another. Yes. You know, I mean, that's you confront them. Yes. Okay. That's part so, of yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and when it, and, and in uh, Galatians, it talks about when a brother or sister is caught in sin, caught in it, trapped in it, mm-hmm. that you are to restore them gently. Yes. And that's the word it uses, you know, restore them gently with gentleness. And, and then it also says patience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not going to straighten up as fast as you want them to is what that means. Well, and, and a great litmus test is, is let's say in that same church, if Jesus was standing in the foyer mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and the person was walking in, would mm-hmm. he say, hey, you got to take a hat off. No. You know what I'm saying? No, right. He He'd be like, hey, we're happy you're he here. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. let, let's talk. No, yeah. You know, really, that's the litmus test. You mm. know what I'm saying? Now, I, Jesus, I, I'm, you know, he had expectations, you know, for, for different people and, and things like that, you know. So, I mean, it's like it, expectation is not a bad thing. No. Proper expectation, understanding the situation fully mm. first that's the way we should be proceeding forward. And every church has its culture. And let's just sure. say, let's just say you're in a church that's Christian culture is the word I was looking Christian for earlier culture. versus sometimes what the Bible says. Right. Yeah. Thank you. You, you got this Christian culture mm-hmm. or church culture and every church is different. And sure. so, uh, and I think the churches 
have to be aware that when people come into their culture, they don't know all the rules. Right. They don't know the language. How they, would they? That's right. And that's why, again, I think I've said this before. Of course, I talk so much. I've said everything before. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, that's why it's important to me. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that our band, I, I probably drive Chris Creech nuts because I, I, I'm always saying, hey, be sure and tell them when to stand, when to sit. Right. This is the reason why. Yes. I'm thinking about the person who, okay, everybody stands. Oh, okay, I stand. Oh, everybody's sitting. Oh, Has sit. no idea. Has no idea. They just kind of right. follow people. No, that's okay. I mean, that happens. But however, at church, I, let's just, let's let's pretend like everybody is here for the first time. Well, and, and not only that, but like, what's the harm in being clear yeah. on some things? Yeah, it, I know. It doesn't hurt right. anyone right. to say. Yeah. Hey, can you stand? Yeah, that's right. So, you like, know? you know, and this goes back to, like, when you, okay, so you made announcements a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I said, hey, uh, introduce who you are. Yeah. You know, even though you've been coming for years. Sure. Uh, we got people that don't have a clue who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and like, when I was talking about Pam the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I made a You can't just say Pam. No. Yeah, I had to say, hey, if, if, you, if you've been coming for a while. You know, I'm, I actually have a wife. Her name's Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, and I started explaining that, you know, if you've been here for about 18 months, you've never met her. Right. And there's a reason why. Right. You know, because she's in jail. No. <laughs> she's, right, right. But, but I've no, been she's, around she's long enough hospital. to see her. Right. At, at church. But, a lot of yeah. folks haven't. No, they haven't. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's like if, and if, if we've got people coming in right. who, who have, if we're, if we're going out and we're, you know, if people are coming to church mm-hmm. and, and doing those things, then then the expectation is is that you've got a, a, right. a certain number of people out there that have no idea that you've got a wife. Right. That's or right. they have no idea that they need to stand at yeah. different times and stuff like right, that. Yeah. Like, that's what we're hoping. I, yeah. That's a good problem yeah. to have yeah, in church. One of the, I think one of the signs of a spiritual young adult and a spiritual parent, you know, with the different stages here, mm-hmm. is that you actually think about other people a lot. Yes. How, you know, you're thinking about, okay, what's the best way to say it to them? What's the, what's, when's the best time to say it? How should I say it to where they'll receive it better? You know, yes. you know, rather Kind than, and calculated in right. how you approach and the things you say to folks, because you're thinking from an empathetic point of view. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and now again, it's like learning how to drive stick shift. You know, it's going to be jerky at first. Yes. It's going to be awkward, and you're going to make some mistakes on some people, and, you know, and God's grace is going to cover all that, but you're going to get better, and that's yeah. what you need to do, yeah. All right, so here's the deal. we, we got to wrap it up. It's been an hour, believe it or not. Has it? Can you believe that? This is, I'm enjoying this. So uh, just a couple of little bullet points here real quick. Well, okay, so I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. I've got six bullet points on general characteristics of the stage, mm-hmm. uh, and we covered one, which was ignorant. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got to tell the listener, I, I looked at our notes and stuff. You know, we have notes so that way we could somewhat keep on track. And I just was flipping through going, this is funny. You think have... we're getting through anywhere near this. And I said, oh, the notes are like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's yeah. just general. Yeah. It's a good thing that these are yeah. just a general overview because if the expectation was right. th- these would be three hours long. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, there is a podcast I listen to. Yeah. I don't listen to it in one setting, but I don't listen to it all, all the time. It depends, it depends on who the guest is. Sure. And I'm, I'm not going to say who it is because you might think less of it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, it goes three to four hours long. Oh, yeah. I, I've got one podcast that every episode is four hours long. Yeah. So And, uh, and I listen to and it. And it's, it. Just, it's just, usually it's just two people talking about something. And 
Uh, again, it depends on who's on. Sure. Is, is who I listen to. Sure. You know, oh, man, I'd like to hear what they got to say. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, there are times where I think, man, this ought to be three hours long. Sure. Or just oh. as long as it needs to be. Yeah. And then we're done, we're done. Here's the thing. I, the reason I think that we should just, hey, let's just make it as long as it needs to be. Because I like talking. <laughs> I, really, I'm not thinking about the well, listener going, right. are you serious? Yeah. You guys well, are still going okay. on? So here's where I struggle with. I struggle with how do people listen to podcasts. I know how I listen to them. Yeah. Here's how I listen to it. I don't care if they're 30 minutes long. I don't care if they're three hours long. Because mm-hmm. here's how it works. I will, right now, I when, I go at the, when I'm at the gym, mm-hmm. okay, what I'll do is I turn the podcast on. Yeah. And that's what I'm listening to when I'm on, like, either on the treadmill or I'm doing, you know, the weights or whatever. Sure. Uh, uh, right now, I'm not listening to music. I'm listening to these, whoever, whatever they're talking about. Yes. If I'm driving somewhere and I know, man, I got 30, 40 minutes, usually what I'll do is, oh, I'm going to pick up where I left off. Yes. On that podcast. I did the So same. it doesn't matter to me if it's three or four hours long. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because people don't, you know, they're not remembering some outline or they're just kind of, it's nuggets they pick up here and there. Sure. You know, so uh, even though I'm looking at a, I'll call it an outline. Sure. You know, but, Notes, uh, but we, outline. But, yeah, but we, yeah. but when we're talking, the outline is secondary. <laughs> okay. Really what I use the outline for is to like occasionally where look I'm down at. and go, oh, okay, we need to, actually <laughs> we were talking about this. Yeah, yeah right. we probably yeah, should yeah. continue. Right. You know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. just for the listener's sake here. So we, I think. I, I probably need to, you know, I tell you what, I, I'm going to ask some people. Okay. You know, who actually listen to the podcast. Sure. Would would it bother you if we went, if we had podcasts that was two hours long? We probably should ask. I mean, because really, it's like, yeah, we should probably ask. Because, you know, I mean, if once you're going an hour. Man, I'll t- I mean, the, how as many people winded actually, as we are, it yeah. takes us an hour to get warm. Yeah, and how long, I mean, really, how long, I mean. The, even the people who listen to it, are they really listening to the whole thing sure. in one setting? Right. Okay. So are they listening to the whole thing in one setting or are they just picking out different parts of it that they find yeah. interesting and it's just background noise otherwise. Right. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then, uh, three hours. Three, yeah. It'd yeah. make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have, I have to tell the listener. <laughs> so when we get here and we kick this thing off, we'll generally talk for 30 or 45 minutes. Yeah. Before we ever start doing sound check and all that other stuff, well, and that takes another well, who knows okay. how long. So here's the deal. Okay, so oh, all right, we're gonna bring the listener behind the scene. Just there behind, you go. The curtain. Just let them in. Let them in let on the magic. Let them in on the magic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's how it works. Uh, Billy will come in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like today. Okay. So uh, I said, hey, let's just meet at my house at ten o'clock. We we record this in my office, and so um, so he shows up at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've already got everything set up, ready to roll, which takes, well, today it took about 30 minutes. I had some, I had some microphone issue. I had a, on Billy's microphone, it was, yeah. there, was, there was some issues with it, and I had to <laughs> do some stuff. So, okay, I set up 30 minutes. So then, um, uh, so we talk about this and that unrelated to any of this. Right. Okay, remember, he gets here at 10. We started the re- we started the recording at eleven twenty five. An hour and twenty five minutes later, yeah. we're actually recording the podcast. Yeah, and it's not like we come in. I mean, I have some notes, and he and he, you know, he's uh, he, he, I hand it to him, and he, and he knows the subject we're talking about ahead sure. of time. Sure, but uh, so he comes in, and we just and we just literally just start talking mm-hmm. about 
the subject at hand. Sure. With the some of the notes that we have. So uh, And then when we're done, sometimes we'll talk for 30 minutes, an hour afterwards. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And it's usually on another subject. Sure. We've got a three hour podcast. (laughs) We just didn't record three hours. Yeah. Some (laughs) of it don't need to be recorded. (laughs) So just throwing that out there. Yeah. You talk about people think less of things we're processing. Yes. I need to process this. Absolutely. I don't need to go public with it. I just need to process it. And some of those things, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so to, to, to bring it back, so like spiritual infants and different stages and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So one of the things I couldn't help but think about, yeah. you know, it's important to have good Christian people mm-hmm. uh, in your life too, no matter what right. stage you're at, because there's always good. Oftentimes what will end up happening is, is I come in here and we'll talk about some things that have come up in my life or your right. life or whatever, and we'll just kind of bounce stuff off of each other. And right. so I would encourage any of the listeners, like if you know you're dealing with a spiritual infant, be accepting and willing to be that person to let them bounce things right. off of. Yeah. That's really important yeah. too. Yeah. So if you're in a spiritual infant's life mm-hmm. and you're more mature than them spiritually, okay, really what you're going to offer them is individual attention. Yes. And okay. it's so important. And they need it. It's It really makes such a huge impact yeah. on the trajectory of their spiritual right. growth that, I mean, it, it's... If you knew how important it really was, mm-hmm. you might shy away from it because it's important. Yeah. You know, it's important. Yeah. It's, it's almost like being a parent. That's exactly right. You know, okay. But for some of the listeners out there, they may not like the word parent because they're just not there. Sure. Well, it would be like being a good big brother or big sister. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's how it, that, that's how it feels. Yeah. That's how I've always felt like our relationship was right. like, you know, it's, it's that, okay, I can go to my older brother type right. and go, okay, man, I got some things I want to talk about. Yeah. I know I sound crazy and right. I know, but you already know that yeah. going into it. So it's like, I've, we've already established that right. because we've got that personal relationship where I don't have to now explain to you that I'm crazy. You know, you know what filter right. to work off That's of, right. you know, and, and so. Well, and as a big brother, big sister, whatever, yeah. um, and, or as a spiritual parent, you, you have to uh, also, I think, provide protection because a spiritual no infant, they don't know what's dangerous. Well, it's just like a small child that's going up to touch a stove. Right. You know? Yeah. They, they, they don't, don't know. know. They don't know. Yeah. And so there are certain, okay, all right, another podcast <laughs> down mm-hmm. the road. Uh, there are certain sins that have, all sin is sin mm-hmm. from God's perspective. I get it. But there are certain consequences from some sins that are worse than others. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, what I'm saying is that I think as a spiritually big brother, spiritually big sister with a spiritual infant in your life, there are times where you, you're going to have to intervene mm-hmm. and say, hey, you're making a mistake. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. This yeah. is not going to end well. Right. Outside of a miracle, this this you're going to regret this. Because mm-hmm. they don't see it. Because remember, like Paul said earlier, that he has to talk to them like they're worldly. Yeah. Because they're still connected too much to worldly values and stuff. And they don't get it yet, you know. Sure. And so, um, so you, somehow you have to provide some type of protection mm-hmm. for them. Um, and you will have to explain some of the truths to them found in God's Word. It's not going to make no sense to them. Oh, no doubt. It's yeah, there's be, there's some pretty heavy, complicated yeah. things, you know, they're, to, they're to be think confused. through. Yeah. They're going to be confused about a lot of stuff. Well, by the way, that's another, we didn't get into it, but confusion um, is one of the characteristics of a spiritual a spiritual infant because they, uh, 
I mean, they're they're they got one foot in one world and one foot in the other. Well, everything they know, every and I'm using air quotes, every truth that they know of this world, then they butt up against this new spiritual growth. And man, mm-hmm. there are some contradictions <laughs> between well, what just think about some of the hot topics. Yeah. They're oh. confused about um Abortion or no abortion? Right. No. Um, sexual identity. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about that? Right. Especially if the new believer's struggling with it. Sure. Oh, man, that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, it's real complicated. Right, yeah. And then you got issues with um, just the social media stuff. Yeah. Okay, what do I need to participate in? What do I don't need to, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you, you say if they coming out of a party environment okay now what do i do with what do i do with my drinking and drugs you know what i'm saying and my party and sex outside of marriage which is and, my identity which was my identity because i mean i love to party that kind of a thing you yeah. Know what I'm saying? yeah so what do i do with all that now confused how do i because what's going to happen is that old nature and that new nature are going to battle the old nature say look just compromise you oh know, no doubt go to church you know you know go ahead and love jesus but keep Keep feeding the flesh here. You know, keep doing this stuff. You know? We can do both at the same time. Yeah, that's right. No, you, you can't. Know, right. Oh, well, you can. Well, sure. But you're going to find it uh, frustrating. <laughs> difficult. Very difficult. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um. Anyway, so uh, there's some things that if you've got someone in your life like that, like a spiritual infant, those are some things that well, we've mentioned some of this in various forms throughout the last hour or so. Uh but if you are listening to this and you have a way to contact us, you know. I, Jeff, it is so crazy because I was literally getting ready to say, hey, if anyone is listening right. to this and wants to get in contact with us, our contact numbers and information and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, my stuff you know, is out there. So mine, hey, mine I tell too. you what, here's the deal. If you, if you have a question or a suggestion about the podcast, you know, and now look, be nice. <laughs> We are people. We're still human. Yes. Okay. We're not perfect. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, all the equipment we use is cheap. (laughs) (laughs) We we have no producer. We have, we had none of that. You know, we have two guys sitting in a room. We are two guys sitting. Maybe that should be our podcast. Two guys sitting in a room. (laughs) That's a great title. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, I do have a friend who has a podcast. Yeah. Um, his name is Alan Newsom. Okay. And believe it or not, he's a movie star, man. Mm. He's in a second movie coming up. Mm. And he's going to be in a, 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 I call it a TV series. What do they call them now? When they're like Netflix has a, a series. Like when uh, they do like a, like, they, like what they several call episodes, you know what I'm saying? A series. A series is what they call it. So, yeah, when they have a, a TV seri- show. No, when they have a series, it's called a series. A series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, actually, I had, I think it's still on our list. If you go way back to the beginning of the, of the podcast, we yeah. were trying to figure out what we we're going to do. Yeah. I actually interviewed him when he was going to be in his, his first movie, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called The Mayberry Man. Okay. And, okay, yeah. And so, um, Anyway, and it was a hit in that little, you know, in that world, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. And so uh, it's like a Christian kind of a Christian movie. Yeah. And so uh, he plays, uh, it's about these uh, reenactors. Okay. 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 Mayberry Man is, okay, so around the nation. So you have actors playing reenactors. Okay. Okay. Let me back up. That's confusing. All right. So here, <laughs> That's here's like no, here's some what, inception no. type okay, stuff. So 
All right, so Alan Newsom, he's a friend of mine from Alabama when I lived there, you know what I'm saying? And he was one of the deacons there. Yeah. Super nice. I love that guy. Anyway, uh, so, okay, I'm not going to get into his story, but somehow he was invited one time to pretend to be Floyd from the Andy Griffith show, The Barber. Okay. Well, he nailed it. Yeah. And they asked him, and, and, and so around the nation, there are these Mayberry festivals where these reenactors, guys who imitate, Don Knotts, you know, Barney, you know, who, uh, from the Andy Griffith show. You have got to be kidding no, me, Jeff. It this is, is a thing? It is huge. Are, Are you me, serious? No, They're all over the place. I so, like to think I'm worldly and yeah. understand and know what's going on. You can but... go on the Andy Griffith cruise. You can they are these oh, can show I? Yes, you can. Well, so anyway, he, I know what me and Tasha right. are doing on our next so, vacation. Okay, so Pam and I, we are we were in Alabama. He invited us. Hey, I'm gonna be doing uh, Floyd down at uh, this so and so festival. This is in like oh central Alabama. Okay, it was a close one. You know, it's not because he it goes all over the all over the all over the states, and so. Uh, and I said, really? and this one, I thought, really, you do Floyd? I said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, well, yeah, I'd love to go see that. So Pam and I, we went. And, uh, and I don't know, there's a few thousand people there. I couldn't believe it. At a Mayberry festival? Yeah, at a Mayberry festival. And so Mayberry is where Andy Gri- the fictitious the right. town where right. you know, the Andy Griffith show was at. So uh, we get there, and um, one of the, okay, they always used to have some big star there, you know what I'm saying? And this particular day, they had a guy by the name of uh, Jim Best. Okay. Okay. People probably don't know his name, but they do know his his he he was he was on the Mayberry show or Andy Griffith show a few times, and uh, but they know him. He's famous for being Roscoe P. Coltrane from Dukes of Hazards. That's where he made his fame. Okay. You know who I'm talking about now? A hundred percent. Okay. Yes. So he he was a part of the Andy Griffith show. Well, they had him there signing, you know, pictures and stuff, and he was inter- talking to people and stuff, got to meet him. So uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> this, and, so, and so anyway. I'm just it, hung just, up on there. They have these festivals. That's right. So but anyway, so now, Alan Newsom, now what's happened is it has just exploded. Okay. Over the last 15, 20 years. Okay. And so. Uh, and he has a podcast. He has a podcast. Okay. He's been doing it for years. Okay. And he, uh, uh. I, I forgot my point. I think we were talking about names of podcasts. Oh, two chairs with no waiting. That's the name of his podcast. When you said like two guys in a room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what triggered that. Two chairs. <laughs> no, with no waiting because no waiting. in Floyd's barbershop, there's a sign in, on the show that says, Oh, that's cool. Two chairs. No waiting. See, that's cool. Yeah. Way to, way to bring yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's, so, uh, that's cool. Right. So, uh, and that had nothing to do with anything. But that's a whole nother. So anyway, if you want to know more about that, yes, go to the, one of the early podcasts. I mean, like scroll down to the very bottom, start okay. working your way. I mean, it's one of the earlier ones, mm-hmm. and it's when it's back when I interviewed people. I just, I would have just somebody yeah. all the time, and so and he was one he was one of the guys I interviewed because that movie was coming out, and I wanted to talk to him about it anyway and promote it and all that kind of stuff. And so and it, it's called the Mayberry Man. Uh, you know, it's a good family movie. It kind of has a Hallmark movie kind of feel to sure, it. Sure, sure. That kind of thing. <clears throat> and, um, but it's about, uh, and in it, he plays, I mean, he, he plays himself. So, yeah. so to, 
So yeah, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, <laughs> <Yeah, that's right. laughs> well, we, okay. Here's how you do. It. If you've made it this far, okay. Right. So here's how you do it. You're okay. a champ if you made right. it this yeah, far. That's right. Thank man, you, man. Oh man. Yeah. So here's how you do it. You, uh, you, you uh, really the best way to get a hold of us would be, I guess, through my email. If you want to talk about this, have a question. You know, um, my email is Jeff. Dot stot s t o t t Jeff dot stot at Genesis G E N E S I S begins B E G I N S dot com Jeff dot stot at Genesis begins dot com. So if you got a comment and 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 you say hey yeah do the three hour thing yeah no do a ten minute thing <laughs> right you know I, I would be know. interested in some feedback yeah I would you know? too I mean, we, it, we're doing it long enough now yeah. to where I kind of feel like okay I didn't want a whole lot of feedback at first because sure we were just, we had we had our own ideas you know what I'm absolutely saying? now I'm at the point now where okay we've kind of we. we I don't want to say we got it figured out, but we've got we've got our our way of doing it. Right. And is it helpful? Yeah. Is it you know because really our goal is to be informative and entertaining at the same time. Yes. And I'm not trying to be entertaining, but just I, I want it to be casual. It's conversations. So we're just talking, and and also if you got some subjects that you want us to address. Um, you know, we'll we'll do our best that we, you know well, if we know anything about it. Ultimately, we're just we're all. I want this to feel like we could sit down at a restaurant and have coffee and have the same conversation, you know, because that is the way that that is the way that we build relationships with other Christians. That's the way we exchange ideas and, you know, and get our minds changed one way or the other. I mean, this is nothing more than just some Christian folks getting together, having a conversation that may be helpful for everybody. Yeah. You know, and ultimately that's just, for my participation in this thing, that's all I've ever wanted was just mm-hmm. to sit down, talk about God, talk about church, right. talk about whatever it is, man, and, and be helpful. And just, you know, if we've got people out there that this is helpful for, man, let us know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, and if you, yeah, just, I don't know. if you have questions, just hit yeah. us up. Help us out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you yeah. made it this far, then it, we owe you at least somewhat interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they're just hanging out to see what we say next. Yeah. Or, next thing or, you know, we're talking about the Mayberry man or, again. You know, or this is the only podcast that they're aware of, you <laughs> yeah. know, because, you know. And if that's the case, there's nothing we can yeah, do to help. Because it's grandma listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's listen to Billy, what he's got to say. Let's yeah, listen exactly. to Jeff, see what he's got to say. Let's see what kind of goofy jokes he's going to make this, this time on this particular episode. Okay. You know, uh, at this point, you know, we're like, Almost an hour and a half now, but okay. Um, and you know why quit? So all right, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, I will say this though, as we do wrap this up, the um, I, I do think there are, and, okay, the and the folks who have commented to me mm-hmm. in our area that listen, sure, to the podcast. Um, one of the things they have told me is that they really enjoy. Uh, we there are times where we're serious, sure, but but one guy in particular. He says, "I love listening because y'all just crack me up." Yeah, we crack each he other. He just finds up. it. He just says, "I just find you guys hilarious." And and what I want the listeners to understand, like, this is just how Jeff and I chat all the time. All, all the time. I mean, literally, we could just carry a microphone around. And there are times where Billy and I are talking, and we said, "Oh, this would have been a great podcast." Yes, yes. This just, is just how we right. chat. Like, we're not putting on a show. No. This we're just a couple of guys doing the best we can out here right. to help folks, to help yeah. ourselves and just have a, have a good time. And not only that, 
But if nothing else, I get to sit and visit and have a good time right. with another Christian. Well, I was, that's that's awesome too. Okay, now if I okay to the two people who have left who are still listening at this <laughs> yeah. point, uh, I will give you some insider information. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't remember the numbers. They're not like outrageous or anything, but the percentage thing is encouraging. And so Chris Creech, a guy who helps us behind the scenes, and he sort of puts it all together and then releases it for us. Makes this a thing. Makes it, makes it. Yeah. We sound, talk and he puts yeah, it together. Makes it sound, it makes it sound better than sure. we really are. Sure. Um, so I guess technically he would probably be like a producer in the yeah. world. Yeah. Right, Our producer, Our producer, Chris, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Um, uh, he told us the other day that when it comes to podcasts, mm-hmm. we are in the top 25% in the nation. Mm. Where's those royalty checks, Jeff? <laughs> I'm joking. And I don't hear. We don't make. Okay, for those who are, we don't make any money on this. We're not. not there, there's no profit. There's not no one dime. sponsor. Nothing. None. We're not. We don't have any of this. Okay. And so, uh, you know, this is my job, and this is Billy's volunteer. Uh, yeah. Thing, you know, this is an opportunity for me to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all this yeah. is. Yeah, because his wife won't talk to him, but he'll come no, talk to me. No. She's tired of listening yeah, to me talk. Yeah, okay. talk to you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but so when Chris told me that, I thought, how's that possible? You know. And I mean, it's not like ten thousand people are listening to us right. a month. You know, that's what we're talking about. Could it just be we don't have any motivations, like any negative? Like we're not trying to make money. We're not trying to. We don't have a hidden agenda here. No, yeah. we're just two guys talking about church and God and the things that other people think. Right. And we talk about it in a way that people identify with. Man, right. we're just normal people, and normal people listen to us. And, right. and it's like. I guarantee you they have these same conversations around Thanksgiving dinner. That, that, or they that, wish they would. Sure. And yeah. that's that's what this is. Right. Yeah. The, these are the conversations that you have just with family yeah. or get togethers right. or what you know, we're just visiting. Yeah. That's it. All we're I know is that my family get together. We didn't have this conversation. <laughs> sure, sure. Right, right. We talked about everything else, but we didn't talk about spiritual I didn't talk about spiritual about growth, the, everybody. I, you know, I definitely didn't talk about the uh we, the Mayberry Festival. <laughs> that didn't come up. But yeah. but here's the thing too, empathy. And just decency to people and this and that, you know, and, and really that's that's the underlying message here, you know, mm. and 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 if we're not talking about that around the Thanksgiving dinner, maybe we should be. Maybe at least bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe you know, because ultimately this is just about being decent to people the way Jesus was right. was decent and good to people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. we all could use a little reminder of that yeah. stuff, you know. So, yeah. see what the just, listener doesn't know is that. We for us to end a podcast, mm-hmm. we just we had to have a hard cutoff. Yeah, it's like okay, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with, with that, that said, <laughs> hey, all right. So again, reach out to us uh, if you know got the email address and uh, let us know what you think and uh, give us some feedback. It'll be helpful. Be nice. Uh, like I said, because we're humans, we have feelings too. <laughs> and, you know, one of us has a horrible inner critic, so uh, that they fight all the time. So there you are. All right, till next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.